Cards FM podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to a conversation with Lieutenant Colonel Pete Chambers, retired Special Forces, and the crisis on the Texas border. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction, righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots. And tonight is Tuesday, May 9th in the year 2023. Tonight we have a great interview with a guest we've had on here before, Lieutenant Colonel Pete Chambers, retired Special Forces. And tonight's episode is focused on the Texas border. Patriots, this is a crisis that's looming. It's getting very dangerous down there, and this is really a crucible moment for our nation, a time when we are going to truly have to decide whom we serve. We have been betrayed by our government. We have been betrayed by media. We've been betrayed by corporations. We've been betrayed by every person in our literally in our education system. All of this is in preparation for a complete replacement strategy to wipe out a good portion of the Patriot America and replace them with human trafficked people and cartels, sarcarios, and other foreign fighters from around the world. And our government is complicit in all of this. Now, Patriots, with that in mind, make sure you are keeping up a good strategy and defense plan for your home. We are entering into a window of requiring each Patriot in this nation to start taking a stand. It's going to be important that each one of us is well-prepared, well-armed, and well-trained. Patriots, right now, many Americans are feeling powerless. The economy isn't stable, crime continues to plague our communities, and those in charge don't seem to even care. There's something empowering about knowing that you have the skills to defend yourself, and that's why I endorse iTarget Pro. This revolutionary system allows you to dry fire practice with your actual firearm anytime in the safety and privacy of your home. No more inconvenient trips to the range and you still have a ton of practice ammo. Just download iTarget's proprietary app, load the laser bullet into your firearm and start your training experience. Improve muscle memory, increase reaction speed, sight alignment, trigger control, and more iTarget Pro comes in all the major calibers, including 223, so that you can stay sharp with almost any firearm. Save 10% plus get free shipping with the offer code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, when you go to iTargetPro.com right now. Again, 10% using your promo code BARDS plus free shipping when you go to iTargetPro.com. Don't rely on the government to make you feel safe. Empower yourself with iTarget Pro. That's the letter I targetpro.com itargetpro.com offer code is bards if we just do a quick scan of the headlines the entire issue at the border is almost missing and that includes patriot news channels which is stunning to me we are looking at 700,000 plus people that are amassing coming up through the Darien gap and here's some additional intel that just is mind blowing we have facilitated the improvement of the roads so the buses can more easily arrive at the border Mayorkas has been responsible for this. He's the head of the DHS, and he has been the one instrumenting this insurgency, literally turning what is a trickle into a flood 
to try to overwhelm our systems and ultimately collapse our system internally. We're looking at this from a massive crisis point of view right now. We have a human wave coming up, which in the way that things seem to be laying out, it's going to be a crisis on the Texas border that they will likely try to provoke a conflict there while the Arizona border stays wide open. So expect to see a distraction of conflict on the Texas border while migrants flood up to the Arizona border and then pay attention to what's been happening on the West Coast. Notice that the policies that have all been enacted in unison, California, Washington, and Oregon, have all moved for, towards aggressive gun control and limitation on buying ammo. The cartels have all seeded into these counties and these states as marijuana and other drugs have been legalized. And every one of these states has created a situation that if your child refuses to get a transgender surgery, the state can take them away. What does that translate to? They become subjects of the state for human sex trafficking. We are seeing the organization of a cartel-run coastal region on the West Coast that will likely lead to a bridge with Chinese gangs to run drugs and infiltrate and completely secure the West Coast for the greater good of the World Economic Forum. In other words, the United States is being dismantled starting on the West Coast. And this is literally where this war is going to begin. But it all is starting down on the Texas border. Now, with this, keep in mind that what we are witnessing right now is the beginning phases. And part of that as well is to restrict critical services for the people. We know that if you control the food, you control the people, control the fuel, you control a nation, control the money, you control the world. All the three of those are in play. And one of those that we can immediately control and must prepare for is the shortages of food. Patriots, with all the danger out there in today's world, many Americans are concerned about the very real possibility of prolonged food shortages. That's why I urge everyone to secure a supply of long-term emergency food while you still can. And I highly recommend you choose My Patriot Supply as your supplier. They're the nation's largest preparedness company. And right now, they're offering a special deal when you buy their three-month emergency food kit, which lasts up to 25 years in storage. With each kit you order, you'll receive a bonus package of crucial survival gear worth over $200 for free. The three-month emergency food kit guarantees your family will have peace of mind during a disaster and the survival gear will help you be even more prepared. The kit includes breakfast, lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks with over 2,000 calories a day. Best of all, this food is tasty. Your whole family will love it. To get your emergency food and your free survival gear worth over $200, go to preparewithbards.com. Preparewithbards.com. Patriots, there's no time to waste. So much of the country is still deep asleep. It's a reminder to remember the words of Miyamoto Mushashi. Truth is not what you want it to be. It is what it is. And you must bend to its power or live a lie. We're not going to live a lie. It's time to face the truth. The depth of this corruption is immense. And the threat that we face is imminent. Let me introduce you, Lieutenant Colonel Pete Chambers. Well, Patriots, I'm really honored again today to have Lieutenant Colonel retired Pete Chambers, as you know, he is a former Special Forces operator and has been very active in what's been going on down on the border, and that's part of what we're going to talk about today, and also just continuing to get some really good atmospherics from around the country as he moves around, meets with people, and just does his Special Forces thing, which is just 
I think it's just native to your blood. Good morning, Pete. How are you doing? Hey, good morning, sir. How are you? I'm happy to be alive. That's good. That's good. Where are you now? I'm in the uh, vicinity of uh, South Texas. I'm waiting on Michael Yon to get back from the uh, Daring Gap, and then we're going to go back down and do some more good work for God and country. That's outstanding. Let's talk a little bit about that. What's What are we facing right now down there in Texas? Because this is a... The, the problem I have with assessing truth on this uh-huh. is we have been through cycles now that have elevated up the imminent threat only to discover that it wasn't so imminent, not the way they described it. Uh-huh. But this seems to be pretty different um, right now because it looks like we've got, even looking at what just happened down in Texas in Brownsville, that guy that ran over those seven people, and whatever driver, shooter, whatever he was, uh-huh. um, He's part of a, he's part of one of the cartel gangs. Correct. Yeah, he's part of a gang down there in the uh, Rio Grande Valley, uh, and there are there are several, but they've they've gotten together uh, because they didn't have a lot of power. It's all about power between these gangs down there, and these are the the U.S. citizen side um, who are still closely tied to the cartels to the south. But because there are five different cartels that we contend with, and from the Rio Grande Valley all the way, at least from my experience, down to the uh, Big Bend region, which is the, the deeper, more southern uh, turn that Texas takes along the Rio Grande Valley. So these these cartels on the other side, each side um, of our border, based upon the, the Gulfos, the CDN, the uh, new, new Generation, the Jalisco uh, New Generation, essentially, uh, La Linea, which is down in the Big Bend, uh, all the way to the Sinaloa, way to the west, and they do they do kind of come over further to the east to the Big Bend. They have a certain flavor. Some of them are more ISIS type. Some of them are more mafia type. That's kind of how I just say it. Um, they're just trying to make a buck and stay low key, low biz. But uh, now we've gotten to this very satanic um, uh, ISIS playbook type guys that are uh, that are in full on straight up unconventional warfare in the form of uh, Sicario, in the form of assassins, in the form of leveraging people, um, extortion, um, elicitation of U.S. soldiers and, and, and law enforcement. It's very bold. It's very brazen. We're currently living uh, down there, at least up to about 90 miles north uh, into the Falfurious region or um, one of the checkpoints that, that goes north. Uh, in a semi to non-permissive environment, if you're a U.S. citizen, uh, if you're a law-abiding citizen, doesn't matter your color, doesn't matter how much money you got in the bank, doesn't matter whether you wear a, a law enforcement uniform or a military uniform, you are subject to um, what would I would liken to uh, my experience in Jordan next to Syria in 2016, uh, where you're next to a war zone in a non-permissive environment, but you're operating in a semi-permissive fashion. And your own citizens are are feeling the brunt of this. What has changed that has made all this kind of at such a hyper focus right now? I understand Title Forty Two, but I think when people hear that, it doesn't make a lot of sense why this shift in Title Forty Two is now creating a mass at the border, and why that would change anything in terms of these people coming across. Right. So that, that's a playbook thing on the on the. We'll just say you know we're, I don't use white hats and black hats, but I'm going to say bad guys and good guys. So uh, on the bad guy side, that's a change in the playbook and that this is a pinnacle of uh, invasion to create as much chaos as possible in the environment, the operating space, 
And we know that in chaos, you can take advantage of a lot of things that, uh, you know, like we used to say on the border, and I left there last year in May, um, it's playing whack-a-mole, but now it's looking for needles in a stack of needles. And, uh, you know, with the, with the addition of the chaotic uh, increase of family units, we call it, you know, the Border Patrol calls it, um, we went from, in my era, uh, last year, year before, uh, 12,500, let's say roughly, uh, immigrants coming across the border illegally uh, a week in the Texas border. All right. And that's just the, the zones that I was talking about from Brownsville over to uh, we'll call the town Presidio. You can look on a map and find it at the Big Bend. But most of them came through the Rio Grande Valley. Most uh, all the way to people hear about Eagle Pass, Del Rio, Laredo some. But uh, Laredo's got an agreement with the south side. So there's, you know, other things in play there, which are uh, sometimes not uh, or a little more nefarious than we want them to be. But. That's how many were there. Now we're three times as many. And uh, to hear that there are 13,000 patients lined up on the other side of El Rio right now is becoming a common occurrence. To hear that there possibly in the next six months or less will be 700,000 that will come across is an estimate. Uh, and I base this upon my knowledge of what's currently going on, looking at numbers, looking at apprehensions, quote unquote which are basically just counting heads, bringing them into the country, and then marrying that up with the data that we're receiving from the Darien Gap with Michael Yon and that crew. Uh, we, we can do the uh, forecasting now pretty pretty spot on, and it's uh, that's what we're looking at. So, um, like I said, needles in a needle stack, and those needles, uh, they come in the form of um, Sicarios. They come in the form of fentanyl crossing. Enough fentanyl to kill Houston came across while I was down there. Um, my dog team and, and a few of us uh, ran across some that, you know, uh, one night that, uh, yeah, that, that was probably that amount that was with them. Uh, but that's just what we're finding. What are we not finding? Uh, that, that's my concern. And, uh, you know, this is, we are in irregular warfare added to quantum uh, warfare added to the spiritual aspect of this, which is probably the greatest of all because it fills the hearts of the, uh, of the bad guys. Uh, and then it puts fear in the hearts of the good guys. And some people operate in fear and some operate in getting things done. What has caused the increase in the cartel focus here? And, I mean, we could obviously look at human sex trafficking as a possibility. But there's these guys are becoming very bold and brazen. And it's almost from my optic and looking at this, if I was working in a combat zone looking at the analysis, I'd want to be looking at who's encouraging them to move forward because this doesn't seem organic in the nature because that's not their normal behavior. No, their, their normal behavior before the, the more uh, emboldened CDNs and the new generations, uh, they were typically vying for position to be able to move product. Just like you go back to the days of the Cowboys in the Republic of Texas and you can say, well, we, you know, we, we smuggle, we or they smuggled cattle back and forth, you know, and, and, that was making money. It's just like a, a Taliban warlord on the uh, Afghan pack border. Uh, some of those guys, Akani Network, et cetera, were more, you know, just product based people that just wanted to make a buck. Now they were dangerous, no doubt. And these guys are dangerous, no doubt, when you put them in a corner. But now they're coming out of the corner and they're going on the offensive because there is that, that, uh, that in their operating space, in their common operating picture is this side is weak. 
they've tested our our metal in the sense that uh, for the last two years, our soldiers, God love them, and I love every one of them, worked with them. But their their hands have been tied by rules of engagement. Um, yes, they did say, well, you have the uh, authorities to apprehend. But when you say apprehension, we have to look at the definition. It's like saying, what's the definition of a vaccine? Well, if I change the definition, in this case, apprehension equals we lined them up. They went to a Border Patrol agent. They got processed for less than 48 hours and then released on the street. Well, then that apprehension means absolutely nothing to me as a law abiding citizen now sitting on this side of the border looking at what do I do now? Do we move to Canada? Well, I don't know. I would I worry about Trudeau in that case. But or do we do we go to Idaho? Uh, no, we don't run. You know, we're Texans down here. And this is our backyard and our families and our generations and our kids are growing up here. So, yeah, we we don't do that. But that that's the that's the thought process that's going through my mind as a citizen, as a soldier and as a tactician and as a, uh, a person that's seen this chaos and all these other places. I'm telling you right now, uh, they are their emboldening process is being done and it's being coordinated through multiple faceted um, um it starts up at privateer corporations and it works its way down through NGOs as the, uh, the handmaidens. And it uh, is then coordinated with as well as uh, United Nations factions. And then uh, uh, we have, you know, state actors that are involved that are either getting kickbacks or being coerced or being um, uh, are, are leading some of this. And, and it, it, it's a combination of those. I don't know where the head of the snake is completely and, and i'm working at the tactical the operational level i'm not at the strategic level on this one uh i'm just down here doing the best i can as a citizen that makes sense i mean michael yon's photo recently on his twitter account was showing that u.s state department is they got their hands deep in this recruitment and encouragement and the u.s state department anymore is just a subsidiary of the cia i mean that's literally where all the agents run so or they move them into this less uh, obvious role and allows them some latitudes that otherwise wouldn't be there by their own supposed restrictions. This concern is should be concerning for most Americans, especially when we start to look at their history with moving drugs out of China, I'm sorry, out of Vietnam. Yep. And equally, um, we have to, even looking at the boldness that uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., uh, is today saying that you know, he's being very bold of the fact that it's a little question that the CIA killed his uncle. I mean, these are, these are some pretty big moments here in our history. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what you're seeing on the, from those sort of indicators down below in the relation back to the agency, but it seems like they've got their hands deep in this pot. Yeah. I would say that uh, this, this problem set starts with the uh, house appropriations and oversight committees where um, when they have no oversight or, or ability to see um, black funds, black money, uh, which a lot of this operates in. Um, we tried to trail when I was in uniform. Now, I don't speak for the DOD at all. And, and if I was in, I wouldn't be able to. But uh, I can speak from an outsider's point of view and also from what I'm hearing from uh, our own think tanks. Look, we, we both know, we, we talked about this before the show, that 90-something percent of our intelligence comes from open source intelligence. And, it, and, and in our case now, we're not hearing it second and third hand. We're hearing it directly from our, our brothers that are on the ground. We're hearing it directly from people that are inside Mexico that are calling us and saying, this is what's happening. So 
So when I have firsthand open source intelligence on the ground, that's like sending out a scout team in on the battlefield. I might have some intelligence analysts sitting behind me. If my scout team tells me there's 300 Taliban in the open headed to your location, but my analysts say, well, that's not their typical pattern. Well, I'm probably going to go with the scouts on the ground. So that's what we're looking at. <laughs> so that's yes. that's exactly what that's exactly what uh, we're seeing now is we are hearing it firsthand. It is being coordinated. And yes, at the Darien Gap level, uh, no doubt, straight up, um, Mayorkas is complicit in, in turning the controlled flow. Controlled flow is gives you some sense of, okay, we're going to hold off. We're going to not overwhelm our system. Because in the ER, in the emergency room, when I'm working, or when I used to, uh, or on the battlefield, there was this thing called MassCal. <laughs> A mass casualty event overwhelms the system. So if I can bring people in slowly, which we don't have the luxury of doing sometimes in the battlefield, but if I could bring them across in a controlled flow, which is what the previous administrations had done, we know they're coming. But now they're, they're Mayorkas' own words in the Daring Gap about a year ago when Michael Yan was there. Uh, he didn't know that he was Michael Yan was in the audience. He said, we're going to turn this into a controlled flood. You can't keep the system operating when you flood it. That is exactly the definition of a mass count. Mayorkas has created a mass casualty situation on this border. Wow. Well, it's a turning point for the United States, I think would be appropriate. I mean, this is turning the idea, which is ironic, again, we're on the border, Alamo, into a national survival moment. Correct. Every every state is a, is a border state right now. I talk to people from all over the country who are giving us open source intelligence directly firsthand from those locations as well, so we can marry up what are the second and third order effects of what we're seeing on the border? Because it helps a guy like me then to advise down to the tactical level. And I still talk to the guys on the border. Now, I don't give them orders, but I still talk to them to find out, hey, are you guys okay? What's going on? Uh, Michael Yan and I will be going down to visit them again here soon um, at different locations that are hot areas. And then to be able to give that information back up and then to give it to our citizens as this is becoming our information operation campaign in the sense of, we want you to be standing by and ready so that you can make your own decisions based upon good, uh, true information coming from the ground. You got to you got to tell people they can't be blindsided by this. Well, this this is literally the shaping aspect, which I think is probably worth talking about. Why don't you talk a little bit about the inf importance of informational, the informational domain right. and shaping in this in an operation? Yeah. So basically, you know, when I go into, uh, let's just say, an unconventional warfare environment and I go to a village somewhere and I do my pre-deployment site survey and I send out myself and, uh, and another uh, high-ranking NCO, non-commissioned officer in Special Forces world, which is our bread and butter, um, I go to get – now, I've done my homework before I left. I did a information preparation of the battlefield, so to speak. I study these things. I understand the culture. I speak the language. I go in. I've, I've probably been there three or four times before. And then I go in and I meet with the elders. I found out their needs, but because they don't have the same intelligence apparatus, the same information um, that that's spread, because typically from village to village, it's somebody on a on a mule or somebody drives in and says, "Hey, you know, the British are coming." All right, so you got that. But in this case, in this case, because we have an apparatus that is in the form of mainstream media that is working counter to, uh, it's not I. You know, I don't know that they're they're just outright telling lies, although some do. But I think it's withholding of key critical information so that we can understand what's going on. And here's how I know this. This is two days ago. 
speaking to a lady in Australia on her talk show. And she said, so how goes things on the border, Pete? And I said, well, let me tell you the numbers. And I tell her the numbers that are open source. And she said, you know, we don't hear that. We don't hear that. We expect the United States to be the bastion of freedom and strength and projection of power across the world because we look to you for that 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 uh, that cornerstone, that solid actor in the world that 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 believes in in spreading, you know, sanity and uh, not control, but but uh, stru structure and security across the nations. But when you tell something like that, and then they just don't know that that tells you that the mainstream media's that are going across the pond are not telling. So that's what this information is about. Because if we if we don't tell them and they can't prepare, and we tell it in a in a through love and truth and all those things, and not histrionic, you know, the sky is falling, chicken little stuff, but we tell it in truths. People have time to prepare because then you can have time in your community to prepare. And and here's another one: when I go to a border uh, county and I'm speaking to this, the uh, you know each person has an emergency management. Uh, agent and it's typically the judge of the county in texas so that emergency management person when i tell them what's happening 400 meters to their south and they look at me like i got a hole in my head they're, they're not even getting the information from their own emergency management system now that could be a failure i don't know that it's pur purposeful but i know this that when they look at me with their mouth wide open saying that's happening yes and you have other counties that are spot on and and we just met with a few of those the other day so it's that's the, that's the end state of poor information operations or good operations is to prepare people and their mindset and their, their defenses. Yeah, there's an interesting comment that was made a while ago by somebody I know very well. This probably sums up some of what you're getting at. We have a tendency of writing a story as if the this we know there's a deep state, but if they're highly organized and they're completely in control of all things. And his comment was, people would be amazed and how stupid many of these people are that actually are in power. And because of that, it is easy and natural for smart people to draw conclusions that look, that try to put it all together. And then it becomes a conspiratorial view when in fact it's all based on idiocy. And, and I think there's what you just kind of hit on there is very important because where you start to look at the breakdown of information flow, if anybody's worked in or around the government, you know very well, even in DOD, how broken information flows are. Mm -hmm. And it is, it almost becomes a natural state rather than it becomes the normal state rather than the abnormal state, sadly. Right. It's typically, you know, from my point of view, from the, let's just use the border, for example, you know, the, the information goes out through a public affairs office. Well, the public affairs officer has, you know, uh, one large thumb on his head. It's called the commanding officer. And uh, if the commanding officer is, you know, uh, a straight up idiot, then, you know, uh, or he compartmentalizes or he redacts information that goes up the chain, which I've seen a thousand times. It doesn't happen so much in my community, in the soft community, but it does happen. Uh, but it definitely happens in the conventional community more regularly. And so if you are a leader sitting at the, you know, d developing the next National Defense Authorization Act, if you're that guy or gal up there in D.C. and you're about to write the check and you don't know what's going on, you're going to do it incorrectly and you're going to spend a lot of money doing nothing. It's what's going to happen. It's going to be wasted money and your taxpayers 
are due that because that is taxation without representation. And that goes back to the Constitution. Well, I think that equally to this, and this has been my vocal point on the show, the lack of any sort of discussion of the border of any substance in Capitol Hill puts every single one of them complicit in a problem. The logical thing, there should be no question, since every one of those people have a fence around their house, that we need a controlled border. And that's it's that simple. It's cut and dry. The border needs to be sealed, and there needs to be controlled entry points, and that's it. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. when you start to see that in the midst of all of this, the biggest hype going on right now is the Hunter Biden laptop, which for anybody that's been paying attention is about two over two years old, while we have a major osmotic pressure type surge going on in our southern border in Texas in particular. Anybody that's not speaking to it, and this is my position, I, and, I, and I have no make no qualms about it, you've now violated the Constitution, your oath of office, and you're now a traitor to the nation. That That is correct. And if, there, if the capacity to conduct, um, to prioritize lines of effort at the, at the strategic and uh, political levels is not there, then we see things like that, which is, let's focus on Hunter Biden's laptop now. We want to focus on that because you're taking, if, if you look at it now, here comes the conspiracy. Boom, I'm going to throw it out there. Here it comes. If you start throwing this stuff out there now, during the time when this alligator closest to our canoe is about to tip the canoe over, if you do that right now, it looks to me like you're trying to conduct uh, uh, an operation for the bad guys, because I'm just talking simple here, because we don't need to you know, use a lot of big terms to, to, to represent facts. If you're doing that, that's what it looks like to me. And so, you know, when you hear when you hear a hoofbeat, you don't think about zebras, you think about horses, because that's just most common. So this is what we're seeing is, are you not are you not hearing me, Congressman? Are you not hearing me, Senator? Uh, well, they're advised by their staffers who spend their evenings out in Georgetown having drinks. Their staffers are good people for the most part, but they're clueless because when I go up there and talk about NDA stuff that affects national security, and they look at me like a tree full of owls, I know what I'm dealing with. And so if I can get to the principal, I can talk to them. But like you said, some of them are just dumb in a box of rocks. They can smile and they're very, very articulate. But, uh, you know, I don't know. They just don't, their depth of knowledge is just not there. And we are, you know, we are at a time where we need some more people like, you know, Morgan Luttrell up there. You listen to him. He's not the most articulate. Uh, he's a smart man. Uh, I talked to him on the phone the other day. He, he is, but he's passionate. He's been there. He's been downrange. He understands this. He asks hard questions, but because he's not the guy giving you the 11 second spot on Fox news, you don't hear about him in the mainstream media. It's guys like that who have been there, who would be the last people to vote for war, but the first people to vote, to vote for defense. What type of threat are we dealing with at a local Texan level? with this pressure because with this little issue that just happened in Brownsville, yep, I don't see that as a random false flag. That is, that is a mentality of what's coming across that border. And that's going to put common regular Americans that they don't carry guns. Like, like we like to dream and everybody does. They're trying to live their lives and it's going to put them at risk by some literally high level Sicario level killers. Right. So what that's going to do is it's going to do a couple of things. If, if you're looking at it from a uh, operational standpoint or not operational, just in the look, everybody just wants to have joy. You want to be able to go to the mall 
and not get shot by some white supremacist who kills white people, as, as they called it, you know. So um, you, you want to be able to walk down the street without getting run over by a car. Right? Just going to talk straight here. So we have a non-permissive environment in those particular locations, and those things flow. They ebb and flow. Right? It's not like, I mean, they are on the battlefield. They are on straight up as much as we were downrange, sitting there with our boys, going into either a direct action or receiving fire as a, an ambush. They're in the same situation because dead is dead. Dead is dead. This is warfare. This is irregular warfare. Like I said before, mixed in with some other things, it can be very high tech. It can be very low tech, driving a car over people, low tech, uh, grabbing a rifle and shooting people, low tech. But the, the planning for all that is taking place. And there are nefarious actors also within our midst. That come, that's where the second, the latter half of the oath of office uh, enemies that are domestic comes into play. And that part right there is the hardest thing to find. That's why I talk about needles and a stack of needles, because where's the next one coming from? I don't know. But we, we, we've got to get proactive. And so the only thing that I see that's working as you said earlier, when we were talking before this, was the uh, the self-organizing communities. All right, I call them neighborhood watch programs. Uh, at least five programs that I've worked with in Texas, uh, from way up north all the way to uh, a little bit further east into the Piney Woods. Um, these people are, you know, a heavy, 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 strong um, presence of veterans aboard. Uh, because they care and they know what it's like to be in those places where civil wars are taking place and don't want to see that. But they will stand online and they will uh, eventually, if we if we see what should happen here, sheriffs will start deputizing those people. What is the latitude for sheriffs on the border? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> you kind of alluded to some stuff that has been evolving down there. And as much as you can get into it, I'd really like you to dig in. Yeah, yeah, I won't give specifics because we do have to, you know, there are some sensitivities, but we have to understand that by law, codification in Texas law and uh, back in the 70s, um, that once the governor of the state of Texas and many other governors can do the same thing. I'm sure there's there's codification, but uh, there is a constitution as well that does this in articles. Um, once a governor declares an invasion and a governor in this case, Governor Abbott has declared that. And he declared the cartels as foreign terrorist organizations, FTOs. All right. That allows and authorizes a sheriff in the state of Texas who has the most um, power to bring to a situation uh, to even surpass the, the, the power or perceived power of the president of the United States. But in a, in a county in Texas to then authorize that sheriff to do the same thing that the governor can do, which is to to. Uh, repel an invasion, which means, how does that look? Which means grandma on the porch with a shotgun. Hey, you want, I need you to be a deputy today. And you're going to sit here and you're going to be eyes for me. You're going to do whatever we, we, a sheriff can do that. They can deputize. And I don't, I don't say that we do grandmas with shotguns. That's, that's figurative. But, but if a, if a former guy like me comes along and says, Hey, you know, and I've been a reserve deputy in the past and not anymore, but, um, but even if you weren't, if you have the wherewithal and you have the training and you have the, the, the understanding of the Constitution, both the state of Texas and the U.S. Constitution, and by law, we, we, we bond you into service as a reserve deputy, you can be deputized. This will happen in the state of Texas. And a bunch of sheriffs have gotten together. This happened down in uh, 
Brackettville, Texas, they signed an agreement uh, to to unify to also declare the invasion before the, the governor's declaration, uh, but also to declare a state of emergency. And so people are now being proactive. Not every sheriff has signed on, but a bunch have. And uh, that's what we're going to see, because it's going to be up to those, the combination of those uh, self-organizing communities uh, legally through sheriffs. This is what's going to happen. It's going to happen. It has to happen. Well, it's, it's taking us back to the original principle of the militia. Correct. Yeah, I, I think that if we don't start understanding that as a nation, that that was designed in particular for a reason, which is to create a layered defense effectively. I mean, what right now what has happened is in Americans have become highly complacent. And I think some my personal opinion is this has been by design over time to where we outsource all protection to our military. Right. And that people aren't taking responsibility in their local communities. And so everything is always outsourced to some public official, somebody else rather than themselves. The Second Amendment's principle was not only do you protect your home, but in a in a well-organized militia, which would be in a local community, you're dealing you're what you're describing is exactly that. We're reviving truly the true sense of the Second Amendment. I, I believe so. I, I you know, there are I you know, you, we always hear about militias that are out there that are uh, survivalist in, in nature. This is not survivalist in nature. This is um, caring about their communities and the survival of their constituents of the communities that can't defend themselves. It's a true Green Beret mindset as well. When I go into a village stability operation and I say, hey, warlord, or no, or lord, uh, village elder, um, you know, we're going to train your citizens to become a militia, so to speak, to, to defend themselves. Um, that's what we're going to do, right? This is, this is what we're doing right now. And it, it is legal. It is moral and ethically driven, uh, because of the fact that, uh, my motto when I was in was Deo Presso Liber to free the oppressed. There is not just words there, you know, constitution, the, uh, the oath of office are not just words. We have to have action with those words. And so we are going to read, they're oppressed right now. The people of the Rio Grande Valley, whether they know it or not, all the way down to uh, San Diego are being oppressed by this by this tyranny uh, of these uh, and these bad actors within our country and from outside. And then we're done. We're done with it. You shared something with me yesterday. It was just a projected statistic. I want to be clear here. I don't know that you have the hard data on it, but there, as we were talking about sentiment, mm-hmm. about the shift within our uniformed ranks, right. we have seen a a real. Uh, diminishing of trust in our military for rightful reasons, I will say, because we've got a, about 25% of these people that are straight up dirt bags at, the, at our senior levels and infiltrated through our command. Mm-hmm. We've got a probably a 50, have had about a 50% core roughly of people that are just quiet, kind of trying to keep their careers in place. And then you have a more vocalized and very well-positioned 25% that are all for the U.S. Constitution and doing what's necessary. What your indication was in this conversation we had yesterday was that there's been some sentiment shift within there that now we're looking those numbers starting to wake up in that 50%. Can you talk about that? Absolutely. So that's important, uh, very, very important. The military operates on data, okay? That's where we've gone, where, where we've come to. From my career in 1983 to the present, I'd never saw such an importance placed upon readiness in the form of numbers. But but the problem is, is that some of the commanders don't 
most of the commanders don't go to the tactical level to to witness the war fighting capacity that are attributed to those numbers to truly see because i've seen numbers fudge let's just say in the motor pool where we say well we're 90 percent up on vehicles but you're really about 70 percent up okay but a commander redacts things to get promoted and have good oers officer evaluation reports that happens fact okay that's the moral part of the legal moral and ethical thing or ethical as well and and some would argue legal but what i'm seeing is what i'm saying is is that people like me especially guys like me who are former special staffs to commanders task force commanders all the way to theater commanders we we gather sentiment based upon our conversations on the ground my job as a battalion surgeon is to tell the commander to give him the atmospherics of the 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 morale with the troops and how it how it then lays on top of the numbers he's seeing on his in his charts right just charts the green box the, the yellow box the red box because we're so high speed that that we go back to just three colors so you know now we know we're we're war fighters well yeah but we've got you know nowadays you know 15 people are in line right now to have a sex change operation they're not on the battlefield okay roger that well that's so the reality is right now the reality is that in my estimation from the time that i left uniform to the time now and speaking to people at very high levels that those numbers we talked about 25 percent just shouldn't even be here uh 25 are like me but are getting close to retirement if they're good people they're going to make sure that people like me understand what's going on they're going to do the right thing and they will make it happen the 50 percent that were sitting there quiet are shifting towards that upper level now what numbers i can't give exact uh this is very anecdotal this is very empiric but uh but when we're seeing that shift and and look that reflects society the military are they're just humans too right so they're more people as we see are talking about this facade that was the COVID-19 thing, this bio-warfare that was the COVID-19 thing. More people are talking about the, the attack upon our food sources, the attack upon our energy, the attack upon our, our oil and, and, and security. Uh, our banks are crashing. People are talking about that. Maybe not on mainstream, but they're talking about it. The same shift is happening within the ranks. And, and if you want to say that that's the white hats, if that's your best definition, because there are no white hats, we are the White Hats. We have the plan. And of course, in my personal opinion, my founder's Bible sitting here right next to me, uh, God has the plan. And that's really, uh, whether you believe it or not, he does. So suck it up, buttercup. It's That's just the way it's going to be. But that is what I see as the, uh, as the uh, sediment from inside the ranks. I agree with you. One of the things that concerns me, and I, I think you and I would probably share this, is that middle group in the military, which is going to be all, it's a representation of our society. This is why I bring this up. That 50% isn't just the military. That probably reflects a good base of Americans right now. Yes, sir. And there is this, there is a tendency in this country, and we do it over and over, to get to a point of victory, and then we're like, okay, we're going to forgive and forget. My personal opinion, and you're welcome to comment on this anyway, is that we have got to develop truly a ruthless mindset. We have to get back to the warrior mindset that says you violated the constitution. You're a traitor. You have, there are various aspects to what that means, but you will be 100% held accountable. 
you will not get a free pass. There will not be a forgiveness in the normal sense, and you will pay a price because until we establish that rigid, that sort of hardline accountability to our constitution, we're never bringing this country back. Right. That, that's the tough love moments. Um, that's accountability moments. Look, when I was doing the right thing, when I was doing the right thing and going by the regulations and going by what was, what was right in the eyes of my medical career, what was going in the right uh, in the, in the sense of what I did for since 2003 as a, as a surgeon and uh, and the guy that took care of the best of the best and as a commander of Green Brace, I'm going to say that I was persona non grata in 48 hours for telling the truth. Okay. That's pretty harsh. Right. And I'm not about retribution on things that they do to me personally, but I'm about truth and about tough love, just like I would with my son who I love dearly and my daughters. But when they, when they acted out, it was tough love, you know, it, 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 and this is, this is when we're talking about treason. Okay. There, there's, there's some tough love there. You know, sometimes a cowboy has to uh, take one of his buddies who's been rustling cattles and string them up. If he, uh, if he jumped on the wrong team, now that's, that's the old days, but now we're talking about Nuremberg 2.0 and that it is a thing. It, it will be a thing. Um, and, and if you're listening to this and you're, and you're in that command position, you need to understand that you are responsible for everything that happens or fails to happen. If it happens and it's good, then give it, give the credit to your troops. And if it doesn't, you're responsible completely because the way that the uh, frag ord came down from the secretary of defense, he wrote it. So that such a way that uh, if we're just talking about the COVID mandates, just use this as an example um, that the commanders will way down in the fine print. You probably didn't read this, but guess what? You should have way down in the fine print. Commanders are responsible for giving the authorized vaccine to their troops. All right. So when we know and we completely prove in a, in a court of uniform code of military justice that that was illegal and it was an emergency use all the way through and you mandated that, you are responsible, commander, for everything that did not happen. Well, I think that goes as well. And, and I extend that statement to even those that are working as staffers in D.C., if they think for a second that there is not going to be personal accountability because they're more interested in going out on downtown at the at the nightclubs than paying attention to the ground truth and advising their senator on the truth of what's happening so that there's legitimate decisions or more interested in rubbing shoulders with a lobbyist to gain political power and political money for the campaigns, that's going to come to an end. There is there is no avoiding that trend because once people suddenly start to come to that realization, and that's a lot of the fight that we're in right now, is that the fight is against the rising sentiment of awakening, using all sorts of distractions and things that will cause terror and fear. And that's really the race that we're in right now. But I truly believe at the end that between God's plan and the heart of the American patriot, I think we're going to see a pretty intense revival of are awakening in a large level across this nation that is going to push for accountability. And we have to, if we don't do that as a nation, we're not a nation anymore. That's right. And then, and then the rest of the world who's looking at us, when I speak to a member of parliament and he calls and says, you know, we look at America like the old world is going to need the, the assistance of the new world once again, but we can't provide that. We're letting down the world. And we're talking about humanity here, whether you, whatever your flag is, we're talking about humanity. You know, people that that uh, just want the joy in the world, but joy stealers have come along. And if, if we don't do our jobs and this thing will probably get worse before it gets better. 
But if we don't do our jobs, what we are what we are commissioned to do in the army of God, in this case, or in the army that we used to wear a uniform for, our, our oaths of office don't end. If we don't do our jobs, we will be at that end state where uh, pure chaos and, and totalitarianism and transhumanism and, and all the things that are uh, dear to the American character will be gone. Absolutely. So what's your words for those out there that are there's a lot of anxiety right now. Some are wondering what they can do. Some don't have never been in uniform. They're concerned about their place and their positioning um, in these times ahead, worried about their families. I mean, it's all understandable. I mean, I, and I, I think that that's a normal state of mind. What's your words for them? Yeah. So, you, you know, as a family, um, we'll start there because I believe that, that God gave us that structure for a reason. Um, continue to, to, teach your children in the ways that are in that book. That book is a field manual. And you've said it just eloquently when you said Bards FM and you, and you changed the name. Uh, it's a field manual. So start there with your families and, and shore them up right now, especially right now in scripture. Because if you don't know scripture, if you don't know, you have no sword. You're, you're completely without arms. It's just that first structure of this whole thing. You know, if you don't know that if we're talking about fear, you know, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition, present your request to God and peace. God that transcends all understanding will guard your heart and your mind. Christ Jesus. I said that to myself over and over and over again to some really trying times. That's why I can say it so fast, because I literally said it from corner to corner or patient to patient and hands were shaken and they stopped because that's where I focus. So that's how those words come to meaning. All right. That's number one family. And then his community outside of your doors. Talk, get to know your neighbors. Figure out who's lesser, uh, less fortunate than you. And figure out a way to help them and shore this thing up. And become that organized community, that self-organized community. And those are the things you can do. Get to know them. Because I cannot understand. I grew up in a place where I knew 3,000 people uh, out of the 3,200 that lived in my community. I knew every one of them. I knew where they lived, what, whose grandma was, you know, needed a walker. I mean where to go whenever uh, a, a nice storm came because they couldn't get food. You got to know those things. You got to know your next door neighbor. If you live in a community where your house next to you is, is 25 yards from you, you got to know that because those are people you're going to have to rely upon. And I'm not spreading fear and, and I'm spreading truth because the, the hard times will come harder for some people. I believe in the blue cities. Uh, I believe urban environments are going to go through some time. Look, if, if the trucks stop tomorrow, and you can't get food and, and things in the grocery store or your pharmacy, can't get medication, we'll have some hard times. Absolutely. Special Forces is the only unit in the military that has a prayer written specifically for the Green Beret. What's that mean to you? Well, what that means to me is that there's a higher calling, and, and I saw it within my ranks, and not every single one of us uh, uh, is without sin, no one. Uh, we've all fallen short of the glory of God. But in those units, uh, for me, what does that mean? Is that because we are people of a higher calling, that there are things that are bigger than us, it tends to bring in that person that does believe in God, that does believe in that field manual, that Bible, that does read the word, and that does have a prayer, that that offers prayers. And the fact that there is a special forces prayer to me, when, I, when we said it, you know, the uh, first time uh, graduation of the Q course, um, that I heard it, uh, yeah, it, it means something. It, I'm proud of that, um, but not in a prideful, uh, 
a very humble pride. I don't know if there's such a thing, but uh, I, I, I believe in that. Yes. Where can people continue to follow you? It's pretty much on Telegram, right? Yeah, Telegram is is me. Um, it's it's something like Doc Pete Chambers, or you know, look me up there. You can also get to my Telegram through my website, which is a Lines of Effort website. It's uh, drpetechambers.com, drpetechambers.com. And that has the link to that, but also the lines of effort. So you can see the things I'm working on. It's not updated regularly, but I, I try to update it. But uh, as new things come along, but sometimes, you know, you're a one-legged man in a butt-kicking contest. You don't have time to get a, on there and do that. But, uh, yeah, that's that's what we do. So we, we share information. That's awesome. Well, Pete, as you know, we always close with a prayer. If it's okay, we'll close with a prayer. Yes, sir. Father God, I just want to thank you today for this blessed meeting and just continue to pray for Doc B. Chambers, just for the work that he's doing, the truth that he's elevating, and the fight that he continues to bring to, to such an important time as this. Father, we just really pray right now as well for the nation as they start to face a critical time that their eyes will turn to you, dig deep into the word, and to truly start appreciating the fact that we have all that we need within us and what you've given us to stand boldly and mightily in this time and to confront and to defeat evil. But it's going to take a resolve. It's going to take a fearlessness. It's going to take a, a strength in you. And so we continue to pray for those voices like Pete Chambers and all of those in this community that are speaking truth to continue to strengthen the many, to understand that we as one body will get through this mightily and in so doing, restore this nation back to ourselves with you on the throne. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, sir, another good conversation as we have. So I appreciate it. Always good to be. And you're you're headed down near the eleventh. Is that uh, is that your target to be down near uh, the border when that forty two drops? Yes, sir. Okay. Well, be safe. I'll be uh, be with Michael Yan reporting. Uh, I won't be reporting, but I'll be assisting him. Because uh, I think he's, it's going to be a little more dangerous than the Darien Gap. Yeah, probably so. And and we've got Michael Neon on this week too, so it's going to be pretty good. It'd be awesome. So you're going to be doing some grilling out there, tailgating, putting up the game, just hanging out, doing, right? <laughs> <laughs> Only thing I'm going to be cooking is my bread to share with people. <laughs> Another sold person on this on the sourdough revolution. That's good. That's awesome. That's right. That's right. Hey Pete, thanks very much, man. Be safe. Love you. As you know, and just and, and keep it up. We'll talk soon. Love you, brother. Have All a right. go. All right. God bless. That was Lieutenant Colonel Pete Chambers, retired Special Forces. Great voice. He's become a great friend. And just keep your prayers up for him as well. He's down on the border, and he's going to be getting into some potentially difficult moments in the weeks ahead. Thomas Paine reminded us that the duty of a true patriot is to protect his country from its government. We are here in such a time as this. Patriots, none of us imagined it would happen in our lifetime, and yet it has. And so this is a time to buckle up, get very serious about what we're willing to defend, and truly these words, what do you believe in so much that you're willing to sacrifice everything to defend? This is the time and the hour for which we were born. It's a challenging time ahead, but we will survive this, and we will overcome this, and we will save this nation. But it's going to take the true resolve of the American patriot to remind the world of truly what it was that started this nation and in what it will be going forward to preserve this nation and the ideals which our founding fathers gave us to protect and defend. Patriots, 
Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time and this place for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tonight for Fishers of Men. Until then or until the next time, God bless and out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable, that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made, therefore they can be solved by man, and man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable, and we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs, and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who moved forward and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy, the faith, the devotion, which we bring to this endeavor, will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples, it has no rules but one, to win 
at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. We push. We climb. We never give in. We become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist. We pray. We stand. We live by the words, in God we trust. We fear nothing. We are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath.